0: Greetings. Welcome to another edition of the Life Mastery Podcast Show. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis. So excited to be joined by you today. We have an incredible episode with one of my favorite human beings in the world. His name is Coot Blackson. I've known Coot for at least 10 or 11 years now from the Los Angeles, California spiritual, personal development, holistic health community. And uh, we go back, we go ways back. And this individual has been an incredible inspiration, a divine role model, and really a transformational catalyst in every sense of the word. This episode was truly profound. This is the fifth recording that him and me have done since I started the podcast in 2016, I believe, when I was living in the island of Kauai, Hawaii. And there's so much. We dove so deep into so many things. And especially if you're spiritually orientated when it comes to topics around holistic health, personal development, um, transformation, psychology, this conversation is gonna is gonna really land in a particular way. And Koot has a very unique background when it comes to spirituality. He's gonna share his backstory and he has a unique perspective that most people don't have because most people have not seen what he has seen, have not witnessed what he has witnessed. And it is a profound, Opportunity to really drop into what I call the implicate perfection of how life is structured, how life operates, when we're paying attention to the rhythm and the ebb and the flow and the innate intelligence of life's design. And this conversation really symbolized it. And it's incredibly fun. It's it's a fun, it's entertaining, it's deep, it's rich, it's all all the things you would want in an epic podcast. So I'm really grateful for the opportunity to drop in deep with Coop on a personal and professional level. You're going to get so much out of this, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, so I'll leave it at that for the podcast introduction. Before we get into it, I do want to give a shout out to the sponsors for this episode and for the podcast. Two incredible companies that I have partnered with: BioOptimizers and Nutopia. If you're looking to optimize your brain and your nervous system regulation and your stress response and your cognitive performance, Nootopia is the company for you. Their nootropic brain optimization supplements and their stacks are by far, and I mean by far, and it's not even comparable, the best in the industry and I don't think there's ever going to be a company that's going to come along in is going to be able to match up with what they're doing certainly is not going to be able to exceed the innovation of what they're doing with these incredible nootropic brain optimization supplements they have changed my life and they're changing the way my brain operates and, and how I'm able to process information it's it's quite ast- astounding to be honest so that's Nutopia. if you're looking for brain optimization. If you're looking for digestive health, if you're looking for um, blood sugar regulation, you're looking for overall bio-optimization health, which does include the brain, but Nutopia is a little more specific. Bio-Optimizers has an incredible set of digestive optimization um, products, even if you struggle with food allergies, immunological concerns, um, things of that nature. Biooptimizers is going to be the company that you want to look into. Both of the links for those companies are in the show notes, and you can use the discount code Life Mastery Ten. That's all capital letters. Life Mastery Ten for the coupon code for both Biooptimizers and Nutopia. The links are in the show notes below. And Without further ado, let's dive deep with my brother, with my friend, and with one of my mentors, Coot Blackson. Enjoy. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Life
1: Mastery Podcast Show. Today, we have Coot Blackson. Coot is a dear brother. He is an amazing human being, a transformation coach, a best-selling author of multiple books, and... um, Really a human potential specialist of the highest order. And that's how I'm going to introduce Coot for mm-hmm. the fifth time, I think, on oh, this gosh. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's been five, five rounds we've done.
2: <laughs> I didn't realize it was it was that. So it was, it was, it's a nice surprise to be back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's such a pleasure to have you back, brother. And and you're such an inspiration and such a walking, talking role model and embodiment of human potential. Um and 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 you know we could we could delve deep into like what that really means especially from a spiritual metaphysical and physical level cuz you you embody you embody all those things some people have kind of one dimension or one area kind of down and that's their thing but mm-hmm. you you have this interesting melding or fusion and integration of of um the metaphysical the physical the spiritual mm-hmm. and making things very practical but not watering things down being very real and i found a lot of i found so much of your material to be such a source of practical wisdom when i was going through some very impractical and Mm -hmm. confusing uh spiritual dilemmas let's put it and so i'm excited to dive into this conversation i just wanted to honor you real quick thank Uh, you
2: appreciate uh, you yeah
1: absolutely and so for the audience some of the people listening may not have listened to any of our prior podcasts so i'd love to start off by just giving everybody a little bit of a recap like you come from a very interesting background with the history with your father and your mother and just your upbringing um if you could kind of catch us up and give for sure a background yeah
2: Yeah, for sure. I was born in Ghana, West Africa, right? My father's from Ghana. Um, My mother, he just passed away recently, uh, November 13th of last year, which was a unique and amazing vibrational experience. And so my father's from Ghana, my mother's Japanese. I grew up in London, um, lived in the US for probably more of my life now. Uh, 20 plus years uh, partly in Mexico so I feel, to be honest I feel like I'm freaking from everywhere and nowhere and people say where, where are you from are you are you are you African? I'm like yeah but no are you Japanese I'm like yeah but no are you Amer- British no are you yes but no are you are you American Yeah no and are you I, and also don't forget I identify as Mexican part of the time so <laughs> so I feel like I'm from everywhere and nowhere and, and more than anything like a soul on a journey. You know, and 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 that's always been the case uh, with the upbringing I had. And, and on some level, um, not only has it been a blessing, uh, I think as a young boy, uh, I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere. And so that was where maybe on a human level as a kid, that's where the feeling of like, you know, egoic limitation felt. in like, where do I fit in? I, I, I'm not black. I'm not this. I'm not. What am I? Right. But I think on a spiritual level, there was a huge uh, gift there. Because it, it it never let me like over identify with any sense of I'm this or I'm that. It it just kept the space open to like be everything and nothing, and and so that was a huge gift in many ways to be able to flow in different cultures and realities and dimensions. And so that was kind of my upbringing in that sense. But as a young boy, I always felt uh, uh I felt people's pain very deeply, like psychically, and. It was a lot, and I wanted to alleviate suffering in some way, and I didn't know how that would look like. And so a lot of people say, "Cool, your upbringing was a little interesting or different, and I'll be honest, I didn't really... I thought my upbringing was normal. I thought everybody had my childhood and everybody had my upbringing, and I soon found out maybe it wasn't that way, in that like my first memories as a kid was seeing a crippled woman literally being maybe I was age seven crawling on the floor and she picks up the sand that this man walks on wipes it on her face and stands up and Mm -hmm. so week after week I grew up seeing blind people seeing and deaf people hearing and people standing up out of wheelchairs that they hadn't walked in 10 15 20 years and so this man was my father and and whose hand to sand she picked up and and he was considered a miracle worker literally um and these were miracles I was not seeing on YouTube or Instagram. Like, this is shit I was seeing every day in front of me. Mm-hmm. Not thinking anything was special about it. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing woo-woo, nothing special, nothing. It was just happening. And I just thought, it's like, true. oh, it, it was very normal. Yeah. And I didn't question it. And that was another blessing because oh, it was like, oh, this amazing thing. It was just happening. And, and, and so... I grew up in this context of possibility. So my father had 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa, probably at his height, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not like a million followers at his height. Um, In in, Ghana, yeah, had a lot, you know, he was the spiritual, like teacher, guide, mentor to the Kings of Ghana, to three presidents of Ghana, to heads of state of, many many West African countries and so he's very uh, impactful in his own way and and he was a very mystical person and I think that was a blessing well even though he had these churches he went to India in the 60s and had these like real enlightenment experiences and caves uh, you know as a minister you know going to India and and had his sort of awakening experiences so he was very metaphysical and spiritual and and more of i think by the time i was born a christian she was a mystic mm-hmm. uh and yeah. and almost like a spiritual african siddha uh versus uh, just a regular preacher minister i mean he was a siddha given shakti pattern would touch people and people would you know fly across the room start talking in tongues you know and there's
1: uh, no there's no media Back
2: in, no, in no, this. This so that's
1: another thing that's really interesting. So there, he's <clears throat> influential, but there's no media going on. There's no videos or anything. There's no
2: show, no production. It's not like these days where everything is about the show. When it was just he was just doing what he was doing, you know. Yeah, so I could imagine yeah. in today's day, right? You know, my dad is sort of like a combination <laughs> between TD Jakes. Oh, about uh, yeah, yeah. TD Jakes meets Michael Beckwith meets uh-huh. meet, 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 meets meets Right, uh-huh, that that's uh-huh. that that's my father. So he'd be like running through the church and and then giving shaktipat, but talking like metaphysical. God is everything. We're all one source, you know. And and so it was fascinating. And 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 so when I was eight, I started speaking in my father's churches. When I was fourteen, I was ordained as a minister, and I was oh, yeah, given wow, wow. The, the the mandate to basically take over. I was the guy that was going right. to take over my father's organization and take everything over and. Uh, you know, I knew it wasn't, at 14, I knew that wasn't my path, but like like any kid, and like many of us, I was too afraid to speak my truth, mm. and too mm. afraid to confront my father, uh, who was very old school in nature. My father was the type of guy where, it's my way, or it's my way, like, which way would you like? And yeah, so, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I said nothing, and, and that's when, for like four years, I went into this sort of internal questioning, and dark light of the soul, and... And, and internal conflict and just trying to figure out like, who the hell am I and what do I want and what is life? And, you know, I felt my soul calling me to come to America. I was sneaking to my father's um, office. We lived literally behind the church, like in an apartment attached to the church. And I was sneaking to my father's office in the middle of the night. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I'd go through his library and he would have literally maybe a thousand, two thousand books on Eastern mysticism, people like Mr. Gardata Maharaj, you know, Ramana Maharishi, Maharishi Mesh Yogi, Muktananda's books, Yogananda's books, Autobiography of a Yogi, to Uspensky, to Gurdjieff, to Madame Blavatsky, to Theosophy, to Krishnamurti, to Osho, to, you know, uh, herbalism, to meditation, Mm -hmm. to Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, Marianne Williamson. So I grew up reading, I basically became a book addict. At yeah. a very young age, so age eight, I started. I read my first self-help book called Creative Visualization, and this was before. This was by Shakti Gawain, and this was before like a, you know, the Secret and the Law of Attraction was sexy. And so I had my mind blown at age eight, man, with the sense of like thoughts become things, and you can think some shit, and then it happens. And like I can manifest the parking spot, you know. And so for yeah. an eight-year-old with yeah. an imagination, <laughs> this was like revolutionary stuff, and yeah. and, and that began my journey. And I must have read seven hundred books by the time I was eighteen. Uh I would go to school. I hated school. I'd go to school, do my homework, and then for four or five hours at night from six to eleven, I would read books and try to meditate and have these spiritual kind of experiences. But when I was like 18, other other
1: kids are playing video games, you're you're reading books. That's what you're doing. Yeah.
2: I I I, I would read books like on the bus coming home. Like I remember. You know, in London, when I was 14, it wasn't like the US where self-help was a thing. you know? In London, like, there was nothing. And there's no spiritual section in the bookstore of WH Smith. So I couldn't find spiritual books that easily apart my father's bookshelf. But I would sneak, I would, I found, I'll never forget the day. It was like finding porn, right? For a teenager. (laughs) I found a book called Watkins. If anyone's in UK, Watkins is like the spiritual bookstore in Leicester Square. And, and I was walking in London. I, I was just like, it was an experience of synchronicity. And I was guided to like this street to another. And I found Watkins. It's like a spiritual, new age, spiritual bookstore that is massive, quite big for London. Nothing but spiritual books. Chuggyam, Trump, uh, you know, all these guys, all their books are there. And I had, had my mind blown. And I remember when I was 13, 14, I'll never forget the day, man. I I, I found this guy, seven Habits of highly effective people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. at 14, this book was so methodically written, like step by step by step. And it was like, sure. it was a formula, you know? Sure. And I'm like, wow. And I never forget the moment where I was in Leicester Square, just sitting there for four hours reading through this book. And so for me, it was a passion. This whole self help spiritual thing was never a business. There was no social media. It was just like, I love this shit. You know, I just, I just, I lived for it. I loved it. I would sneak into my father's church in the middle of the night uh, when no one was around. And I would basically give seminars to the empty chairs, just Mm -hmm. imagine in the darkness, right? Mm -hmm. With the lights off as an 11, 12 year old for three, (laughs) two hours a night on Saturdays for four hours because no one was there. <laughs> and I would give seminars to the empty chairs imagining I was I was inspiring people. So for me, it was a, uh-huh. a real passion. But when I was 18, I knew I had to leave. Yeah. I knew that I couldn't do it through the structure of religion in an organized way. As, as mystical as my father was, there was still this religious structure that I couldn't – my soul couldn't fit into. And so that's when I had the conversation with my dad and basically – Left every, told him, left everything behind. We didn't speak for two years and mm. uh, came to the US and it was really challenging. you know. But mm-hmm. sometimes what your soul guides you to do is not always convenient. In fact, most of the time it's not convenient and what your soul guides you to do isn't comfortable yeah. and it doesn't make sense to your mind. But yeah. when you resist that, you get sick. When you resist that, things don't flow. When you resist that, like, you go crazy. And so I, I think huh. yeah. if we follow our souls, I believe, and I've had an enough experiences now to confirm you will always end up in the right place Mm. if you are uncompromising with Mm. your soul's Mm. guidance you will always end up in the right place even if the journey that you take may not be the one that you expect but the journey that you take Mm. will be the journey that your soul needs to go on to grow to evolve Mm. so that you can learn the lessons needed to become the version of yourself that you're meant to be Mm. and so I, I left everything man I renounced everything Everything. I left everything. Made peace with. I may never have a relationship with my father again. And came to the US. Long story short, I won a green card in a lottery, the green card lottery, and that's what brought me to America with two suitcases and eight hundred dollars, and just started following a dream. And went and found like many, went Dyer and louis Hay. Many, many of the teachers and mentors I would read about when found them, went to the seminars, knocked on some of their houses, their doors, wow. and, houses and harassed some of them. You know. Wow. Um, and just said, you know, I was eighteen. I did. I was innocent. I just knocked on Jack Campbell's door. Hey, I'm here. Like, what the <laughs> hell are you? you know, and 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 some of them were nice enough to spend some time and give me some advice and point me in a direction. And and I learned from many of them until I felt like, you know what? I, I feel like I need a bit more. I, I I want like I want to know what truth is for myself. Mm, mm. I'm tired of reading this stuff. I'm tired of reading what that person's opinion is. And that person said, and what Gandhi felt, like, I want to know the truth. I want to know what Jesus talked about. I and my father are one. What what does that mean? Because Mm. I I understand it, but I don't feel it. Mm. And so life kind of fell apart. And I broke up with my girlfriend at 21. And I decided I need to know. And I was guided. My, My journey really accelerated, brother, when I was guided to certain dreams i had didn't happen mm. and 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 everything i thought was wasn't and i was trying to do this tv show at the time to become like the next oprah and shit fell apart unraveled and so did my sense of self esteem and identity and so i said god what i don't know what you want from me but i know i'm meant to do something in this lifetime and i feel these visions to impact people but i don't know i've tried everything so what do you want and 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 that's when i heard this voice that said go walk the Camino. So the first step was I went to walk the Camino in Northern Spain, which is 900 kilometers. Uh, Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And I met someone there that said, hey, go to India. And so I I ended up in India for like four months and met teacher and guru and light mystic and and went through my own profound like unraveling and in the crucible and deconstruction. Uh Yeah. and, And just cracked open to another level of understanding myself and the nature of life and my purpose. And that's when I came back to America and just started kind of working with people, not really knowing what yeah. I was doing, but, but began the journey and it just evolved from there. So that's, that's the short version.
1: That's a, and that's quite a, a fantastically synthesized yet deeply uh-huh. like felt yeah. um, story. Thank you for, for going there and sharing all that. I mean, there, there's so much, there's so much, to monkey branch on within that Um, there's a few things that come up Um, i'm gonna i'm gonna put the the one piece to the side i want to ask you what is your perspective on what actually heals the body Mm. because you know Mm. as i think you know i've been in the holistic health world for a long time as long as i've known you um and for about 13 14 years i came from like the david wolf world mm. and the, the raw mm. food world and the biohacking world and mm. i'm thinking mm. of like mm. one of my friends like ben greenfield i was on his podcast We mm. talked mm. about things like addiction and dopamine and brain health and all these and the, you know biohacking is such a huge yeah. thing so yes. there's cool. so there's so many there's so many ideas there's so many scientific um, approaches yeah. nutrition health cleansing etc cetera, etc cetera, what I want to hear from you, yeah. what I have my own theory, right, from a spiritual sure. perspective. But what is your perspective sure. and opinion on what actually heals the body, based on what you've actually seen? What you just told us.
2: Sure, I'll give you my thoughts. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's reality. Um,
1: and I also give you've seen and I'll,
2: things that other people haven't seen. I, I have uh, yeah. with my father, and and also. You know, let's take it down a notch from like these dramatic miracles that heal, but She's also sure. just, just being healthy myself, right. you sure. know, uh, feeling healthy myself, Re- like, like really getting sick and being someone that doesn't theorize about health, but just feels healthy, lives it's healthy, good. is healthy. Right. And, and yeah. so I'm not that, to be honest, like, I'm not a sort of Ben Greenfield, you know, expert right. on certain right. things i'm not a doctor blah 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 right. i'm more a person in my life that it's about living it and being it and i might not be able to like say yeah i did it but i can i'm the guy that i can run the 25 kilometers while other people are theorizing about it i'm the one that runs it right and so for me much of just my philosophy comes from just my experience rather than like someone's ideas, you know? And, and, and so mm, what yeah. I would say is, and it, let, let, let's let's j- jump to my dad a second. Yeah. Then I'll, then I'll share my thoughts. I, I asked my father when I got to my twenties, cause we weren't very close, but once we got closer, I asked him, how do you heal people? Like I've seen, I've seen some Real, like once I was in my twenties, I realized hmm, maybe what I what I experienced wasn't like the norm that's out there, right? And and so I thought, how do you heal people? Because when I was in America, there's all chakra healing and Reiki, this and this and that, and Joe, this and Reiki. But nobody's and healing, and no one's freaking healing. And there's like seven million Reiki practitioners, but but like people are freaking sick. So oh, what's right. the damn deal? And product right. this and that and that. And, like if it works, shouldn't it work? And so I asked my father. How do you do the healing? And my father, who was, you know, a bit of a—I don't say—you know—a very bold, charismatic person—very humbly said, "said I have nothing to do with the healing. Mm. I do not do this healing." He says, "I am not the healer." He said, "If anything, all I do is I see the inherent wholeness mm. in someone. I see." their true identity, and all I see in their true identity, not their sickness, not their body, not their limitation, because that's not who they really are. All I see is that they are divine, that they are whole, perfect manifestation of God. I see their essence. I see their soul, and I see that clearly. And if they want to meet me in that place of seeing that reality and we come into agreement, healing happens. And he said, so all I do is I just see and I get myself out of the way and God does the healing, not me. And he said, I, as a person, have nothing to do with the healing. It's God. It's the divine. I mean, Jesus himself said, you know, Jesus to me was like a way shower more than anything. Someone who demonstrated the possibility of what we can be. And he said, the things I do, you can do these things and more. He didn't say... I'm the great Jesus, yo. No one else can be like, he says, if I do it, you can do it. And so Jesus said, as a miracle worker, it's not I that does the work, but the father that does the work through me. Mm. It's not I that does the work, but the father of consciousness, the divine mother, whatever you believe, it's the father that does the work through me. And so I think that was a code for me in my life to realize, huh. And so I really believe that it's not an individual identity, ego, person, healer, persona that heals or a thing that heals. If anything, it's the innate intelligence. Mm -hmm. There is an innate intelligence inside of us. It is living us. It is breathing us. It is digesting our food. It is functioning us. Even without you and I go like, like, we are breathing right now in this conversation, bro. And it's happening. Breathing is happening in spite of us. I mean, yes, there's breath work, this and breath work that. But the bottom line, we're right. not sitting here going, breathe, 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 Being the one that is doing, it is being done. And so there is an innate intelligence mm. that is our very being. It's our very existence. And I think if you cut your finger, right, mm. your, your, your finger knows how to heal itself. Your, your body knows how to heal itself if we create a space, a space of loving. With the finger analogy, a clean space, keep it clean, but the innate intelligence inside knows exactly what to do to bring itself back into organic harmony. I think that's the beauty. And so I think if we can create a space of compassion, a space of pure loving, Mm -hmm. a space of openness, non-judgment, neutrality, and deep loving, then healing can happen inside of our nervous system. And yes. so it's not a person that is the healing. The, there's an innate intelligence inside of us that heals. And I think when we disconnect from that and we think we have to do the healing and we think mm-hmm. we're the healer, mm-hmm. then we become the doer, then we start getting in our way. Then I think in many ways we interfere with the innate intelligence and we impose conditioning on the mind, the psyche, the body, mm-hmm. a conditioning based on our own programming and belief system of how we think, like from the outside in. How we think a chakra should be and how we think your body should move and how we think our energy system should be rather than freeing up the layers of conditioning so that everyone can function in alignment with their own nature rather than someone's programming. And so uh, I think for the West, it can be threatening to the ego because the ego wants to be the great healer. Like I'm the one that healed Ronnie. I'm the one that healed Koo. Look at me with my hands waving and great technique. I did it rather than the innate intelligence is really the healer. There is a healer inside of every single human that knows what to do given the right conditions. So if anything, we create the conditions and then the innate intelligence inside of someone can really do the work. And so, look, I'm all for exercise and, you know, I'm all for biohacking and all of that. I just did a red light therapy the other day, hyperbaric the other day. The challenge is, and I love that shit, man. I mean, I do, the, I've done, the, um, you know, NAD and the stem cell. I love it all. I love it. I love it. You know, hey, I'll try it all. The challenge I see, though, is sometimes we are getting so identified with this, yeah. biohack everything biohack this biohack that biohack this biohack that that we kind of override the yep. innate healing mechanism yeah. inside of someone oh, yeah. you have got to have this diet you got to eat this food you got to eat this food at this time and you got to have this diet you can't eat kale you got to eat kale kale shit for you uh-huh. kale's bad for you this and that vegan that the keto I'm I'm not, I'm not saying there are certain things that might work, it might not work, and might be. I'm not saying I eat McDonald's and you know crap like that. It's an whatever. obsession. You're talking it's, about it's the obsession. obsession. I that in that talk about addiction, right? Yeah, that know, that That's that right. relationship with something is as important as the thing itself. Exactly. The relationship with something, and so you know, I know folks that eat really healthy, have this incredible like and they're freaking miserable. And sure. they're an asshole to their wife and oh. they're cheating and they're living out of integrity, you know, and they're not happy and they're eating what they think they should be eating. But their, freak, their vibration is so depressed doing that, right? right. Or they're eating what they think you should be eating that may not be right for their own body, for yes. that unique nervous system, you know, because <laughs> they're living uh, an externalized imposition yes. rather than an inner an inner process of their own natural sort of style for yes. what is right for their health you know more so so so, to me it's the innate intelligence and i think if anything yeah. uh we get to awaken that and remember that and get in touch with that again
1: that was one of the best explanations uh-huh. i've heard on that question uh-huh. and it, it's entirely it's, it's exactly what i believe and what i uh-huh. believe that i know uh-huh. and i just want to say this too like Exactly what you said in my own distilled way on the Ben Greenfield podcast. We talked Mm. about spirituality and God and you know, he's a devout Christian. So we had a great conversation around that and like what really heals the the physical body aside from all the doodads. And I told him I was like at the core of it all it's the awakening and the activation of the human soul that actually powers the, phys- the physical
2: body. There like, we go, that's the source of energy. That's the source that's right. of real energy.
1: Once you get through like ATP production and oxygen and hydrogen and carbohydrates and ketones and, and all those things, those are for cellular metabolism and all these little mo- molecular, atomic, microscopic energy um, production, like you know, analysis of what runs the human body, once you get past that what actually really runs the the system is the human soul mm-hmm. and and I've found in my life as I've healed my trauma that as I've cool. healed my subconscious belief systems yep. as That's- I've cleared the debris of my own my own um uh programs if you will say and as I've healed myself and become more whole within myself That's I've actually will. experienced an illumination of energy. We, we call that consciousness, but I've I've experienced, I'm experiencing it right now in my life, like a complete expansion of spaciousness of energy that yeah. is moving through my body, but I can also feel it beyond my body at the same time. That partly, be, you know, there's there's certain supplementations that I'm doing, sure. but it's an inside out process. It's, an, it's, it's 100%. It's a, look,
2: I, I think, look, if, if we are so wrapped up in our traumas, conditions, egoic nature, so identified that the, the layers and layers of conditioning and hurt and trauma and insecurities that we're so, and now we're on top of that, layering on NAD and doing cell and doing this and doing that, but we're so wrapped up in our conditioning, the life force energy totally that cannot flow. And maybe, okay, we pop a pill and but for a, moment, and, but, for but a we, moment, we will gravitate yeah. back towards down to the set point of our conditioned nature. And if we're carrying trauma, hurt, guilt, shame, pain, resentment, you know, karmic, this, that, 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 that is, that is vibrational heaviness that will exhaust you no matter what the hell you eat you can you can okay, drink the best movie on the planet, the best superfood but it's exhausting holding on to pain hurt guilt shame from the past you know that heaviness resentment that is the I think the greatest energy drain so as you said, when we free our consciousness and we heal those parts and love those aspects of ourselves and let go of layers and layers of conditioning, source energy that we are can now naturally freely flow through us. And now we can rest in touch with our true being. And I think the real source of energy, more than a supplement, even though it takes supplements, but more sure. than a supplement, is, is the source beyond physical, the yeah. source of real energy. It's the source of life energy. It's the Mm -hmm. source of all energy. It's prana. So when we can release Mm -hmm. the layers of conditioning, we rest more in touch with the source about what we are, which is a source of all of life. And then the source of all of life starts flowing through us. And we start now having like infinite forms of energy beyond just physical supplementation and food.
1: Yeah, thank you that I can feel people in the background listening to this just like just really getting activated from this because mm-hmm. most people don't have this perspective or it doesn't necessarily come out in spiritual conversations that's why mm-hmm. i wanted to bring it up um really quickly for
2: time do we have a hard stop we have time the, now we're good bro ronnie, i saw your name i'm like it's ronnie let's go <laughs> yes.
1: okay amazing well Great. Cause I got a few, I got a few little, I got a few, a few things I want to get into. Okay. So just on that point, just kind of transitioning wherever this takes us. But one of the things that came up for me mm-hmm. when you talked about the Western world or the Western paradigmical, like mind, the, mm-hmm. the conditioning of the Western mind, it's very formulaic. Yeah. It's very um, and Rudolf Steiner would have called it aramonic but it's very like materialistic scientific or scientismic. And the whole idea that I've seen over 2020 and now kind of looking at the metaphysics of all that in the East and the West is that there's a particular agenda to strip spirit from matter to make Mm. everything material. Mm. Right. And so that's kind of like, you know, I don't want to get into a whole conspiratorial rabbit hole, but it's, it's kind of like a meta principle that I've seen. And that's like the, that's like the medical model. That's kind of what we're talking about of like, idolatry and supplementation and and, in in diet and exercise like idolizing things Mm -hmm. outside of us that are not intrinsically of spirit yeah and then putting our our putting our power into those things yeah so i'm just curious what um What, what, what do you, what do you feel from what I said, if anything comes to you, like the state of the world, in other words, Mm -hmm. the state of spirituality, like,
2: what do you feel is, is going on right now? Mm -hmm. What do I feel is going on? Um, you know, I think there is a investment you could say in you, me, in you, not us, not knowing who we really are Mm. as spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if we don't know, if we can be disconnected, separate, disconnected from that true source of energy, that true source of life, what we really are as infinite beings, like we are freaking infinite beings, man. That's what we are. Let's just get real. I was talking to someone about imposter syndrome. How do I overcome imposter syndrome? I'm like, you are a freaking imposter. You are an infinite being pretending that Uh you are a little little human form walking around where I'm not enough and I don't know. You're an infinite being pretending that you're not imposter. Yeah, wow. That you're not the divine. So yes, the real imposter syndrome is not this imposter syndrome that you think. It's this game that we're playing forgetting that we're infinite beings. But there is a... I think um, an agenda, you could say in you not knowing and, and disconnecting and separating you and keeping you just on a, you know, surface one dimensional level of your existence. You're just this body, only what you can see, touch, taste and feel measure scientifically this human form. Because if you just believe you're this body that will, that is born and then dies and it's all you can see, then, course you're not, of course you're going to be afraid. And if you're afraid, you can be manipulated. If you're afraid, you can be controlled. If you disconnect from who you are, you think you're just this thing, then you think you're unworthy, not enough com- in comparison to everyone else. Then you can be sold a bunch of stuff that you don't need to try to feel okay, to try to feel secure, to try to feel enough. Like if you just, you know, have this watch and this phone and this, this, this underpants and this underwear and this lingerie and this socks and the shoes and this house, then... You're enough. like just drink this drink, then you're enough. And so I think we have to to, to wake up from the the trance that mm-hmm. we that the, the hypnosis, the hypnotic conditioning of the matrix, so to speak, that has an investment in you and I not knowing our true infinite nature because if you know, I'm not just this body. Yes, this body is beautiful. it's a, it's, it's a, it's a vehicle, but it's not the real essence of what I am. This body is constantly changing. So, what am I, and who am I? And so, we get so distracted by BS, by TikTok this and social media that, and a pandemic mm-hmm. and this and that. Mm-hmm. We get so distracted by all of this, you know, illusion that we don't even have freaking time to question who the hell am I, who, what am I really? Because we're just trying to like pay our rent and survive. Mm-hmm. And, and so, on that level, you could say, yeah, there is an agenda. However, conspiratorially conspiratorial people want to get but there is an agenda and we can just start with it's money it's power that's right. that's the realm of the 3d world It's money it's power it's control yeah. and so i think we have to be willing to wake up and i think that first step is to like question be willing to question like who right. am i and what am i because when we start going deeper into ourselves we realize oh, I'm not just this body and these beliefs uh-huh. and, and this, this this way of thinking and these stories. Like, I am infinite in nature. And that opens up a whole new dimension of freedom, I think, to live in the world and be in the world as a spiritual being. And I don't say spiritual from a place of like, because I think, you know, mm. this might ruffle a few feathers, but, mm-hmm. you know, you're a real dude. So I think we always get real on, on your show. Mm. Look, I, I, I think... Even in spirituality, there's the sense of like, oh, you know, crystals and yoga and, you know, uh, just meditating and oming and incense and, and wearing a particular uniform and like, this makes you spiritual. Not really. Because the truth is, I think what, what is spirituality? You know, it's not a function of form. Mm -hmm. It's not a function of what you do. It's not a function of like, I did some mantra to me. Real spirituality is just recognizing that you're a spirit and I'm a spirit and living that. It's not a function of form or doing. It's a function of just beingness Mm -hmm. and being that. And so on that level, it doesn't really matter what the fuck you do. You could be a CEO in a company. You could be working in the post office. It's about beingness, less about the doingness, which is similar to that scientific, like one dimensional thing. Oh, I'm doing the right things. Yeah, but what about beingness? And so... I, more and more, personally, I'm I'm less interested in spirituality.
1: Uh huh.
2: I'm less because yeah, this might sound strange, but I'll say it. But you might, I think you'll get what I'm saying. Spirituality yeah. is becoming boring to me.
0: Totally, totally. I'm, I'm
2: losing interest in it because the it, it, somehow it creates a sense. Of separation separation Me yeah you yeah. i'm spiritual you're not spiritual they're spiritual i'm not spiritual this community is spiritual we're not spiritual when the truth is we're all spirit spirit is manifesting itself in the multiplicity of form in all things and all of life is spirit seeking to experience different uh-huh. dimensions of flavors of itself Spirit see- seeking to experience so real spirituality i think is is just the recognition of the inherent oneness of all things and so what does that look like yeah well i hate trump Well, I hate Biden. Well, if it's all spirit and it's all a manifestation and a play of the divine. Totally, yeah, right. Can we see the totality of spirit unfolding and dancing and expressing itself in this unique art piece of life and find the underlying oneness in life rather than the separate division? That doesn't mean we're not going to be discerning. That doesn't mean I'm going to go and drink a glass of gasoline, you know, but but to see the inherent oneness in the play of duality that yeah. is underlying like, wow, the same force that is manifesting Trump is the same force that is manifesting Biden is the same right. intelligence that is manifesting to all in this one man, one woman show called mm. existence. Yeah. And I think to be able to feel underneath that is, is, is a deeper spirituality. Yes. you know. And so for me, spirituality is less about form. It's more about just who you're being and, less about what you do and just more about like be freaking kind, you know, because if you're, because if you're kind, if you're kind then, then then you are honoring the spirit in another person. Right. And, and so I know so many folks and I've been there, I've done this myself. So I'm guilty of it. I've, been, I've I, my hands are up where I know many folks that they're just not being nice people. They're not being kind people. They're, they're, they're being a jerk or an asshole, but I'm doing my mantras and my spiritual practices. It's like when in front of you in that form of that person, that homeless person, that person in Starbucks, the person in Whole Foods is a manifestation of God, Mm. but you want to go on your yoga mat and navel gaze, (laughs) narcissistically function on your own ego, rather than feeling the inherent oneness that is living and alive in that person in traffic. Like that to me is real spirituality. So I say, It's not some woo-woo thing. It used to be like some woo-woo thing that I had to go to India for, you know. And 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 it's become, can you be kind? Can you show up and Mm. do what you say? (laughs) Can can you, you know, honor your agreements and live in integrity, you know, rather than uh, all of the sort of trappings on the surface? Uh, So, you know, I mean, that's what comes up as you talk.
1: So incredibly well put. I mean, this, this, this recording is literally the best thing ever. (laughs) Uh, There's two things that come up for me, like that I think are really powerful insights that I've also been processing and integrity integrating into my own framework and my own lived experience, plus all my research and kind of sifting through and filtering through all of it. You know, as I know you have, I've been in the, the the conscious culture, the conchi culture, the medicine culture, mm-hmm. the the holistic health culture, all the all the interwoven, like conscious culture, spiritually associated mm-hmm. cultures. And I have some of the best friends and some of the best people in the world from it. Mm-hmm. And I've also met some of the biggest charlatans and some of the biggest backstabbers and some of the mm-hmm. biggest whatever mm-hmm. label you want to put on it, mm-hmm. because it's all just a dance of, of consciousness. Mm-hmm. But i've 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 met the duality in all of it yeah and so just you know there's a lot of discernment in that in that regard and with that said i want to i want to kind of touch on this thing about integrity Mm. because you know especially i think for as men and as we get older for me Mm -hmm. for sure this word integrity really starts to become like the north star yeah. and i do a lot of work with somatic trauma release therapies and nervous system regulation and all these kind of things and the one thing that you you talk the one thing that you we work with is this this idea of integration if somebody mm-hmm. does plant medicine ceremony they need to do an integration well, sure. an integration and integrity Are actually the same thing Mm -hmm. they mean Mm -hmm. the same thing right so Mm -hmm. so in order for so this is an interesting thing that i realized just like the communication of the quantum technology that is your your Mm -hmm. multi-dimensional body and it's always communicating to us and vice versa the to the degree that we are not in integrity with ourselves, our thoughts, our words, our actions, what we say we're going to do and what we actually do to the degree that we're not in integrity is the degree that we're not integrated is to, is the degree that the physical body registers the lack of integration as a stress mm-hmm. response.
2: Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. if you imagine that's yep. a
1: form of disconnection.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So If I say that I am something or that I, I am being something But Mm -hmm. I'm not actually being it. Mm -hmm. There's a subconscious, like tracking mechanism that registers, oh, there's Mm -hmm. something, there's something out of alignment, Mm -hmm. and it creates a stress response. That that's a really interesting like thing that I came to realize through my own experience. I'd love to know your thoughts
2: on that. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful way of putting it. Like when 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 there's something you say in who you're being that's out of alignment, I think there's a There's a, it's like an engine that's not, not, not like in synchronization, right? And so when, when, what you say, and I think what happens too, you know, when, when you say something and you do it, Mm. it, 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 it it, it creates an inner alignment, it creates an internal layer of like self trust. And, and, and that, It's like a sort of emotional deposit also in your own psyche, in your body, in your nervous system. And and so what I think starts happening is you know, people say, I don't have confidence. Yeah, because you've lied to yourself freaking every day about so many things, about who you are, about what you feel, about what you want, about what's real, about what's true, about what you're feeling. And so I think when we say and we do comes into alignment and again and again and again, we begin to trust ourselves. We begin to trust ourselves and that self-trust turns into a sense of internal confidence, true confidence and integrity and 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 like energetic power and energetic inner authority where we believe ourselves. We actually believe ourselves, you know, and we believe who we are. And, and Whether it's being reflected back to us, whether anyone likes it or not, because we know who we're being, whether anyone's there or not, So the integrity isn't for someone else, it's really for ourselves. And because we know then that is a sort of internal, not perfection, but but Mm. a sense of unshakableness inside. And I think that's power and that resonates, you know? And then when we're not split off from ourselves, then energy can circulate. Mm. Then energy can flow rather than it's kind of flowing, but it flows off here to the side because we're not in sync in that loop of saying you know uh, what we say, what we do, who we're being isn't connected. Then energy just doesn't flow fully, and we don't feel the full flow of relaxation and energy. And so, uh, I think that when we are in integrity, we flow, and as energy flows, power is generated. As power is generated, you could say, you could say soul force is activated. As soul force is activated, then it affects the vibration of our words. Then the same words that we speak have different impact because they're coming from a different place infused with a different energy. Mm -hmm. Then our actions have different impact because now our actions are in sync and coming from a different place and infused with the sort of integrated energy of our souls. That's when I think we can really, through our being, resonate and make a difference and then our actions have like fifty times more impact in in the world than those around us with the energetic force. And so I think, I think integrity is is key. I think integrity is like, that's like real spirituality. You I know, was
1: gonna, that's that's exactly what I was thinking when you were talking about that. You know, like so. Okay, so you wrote a book on surrender. Yeah, and I've done a, quite a bit of this. This this uh gymnastics this mental gymnastics Mm. uh you know uh game of surrendering and 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 been Mm. through so so many different processes of like surrendering i believe i'm surrendering i don't know if i'm surrendering i don't know how to surrender god (laughs) are you really there oh my god like you've always been here i don't know it's like i've gone through so many different ups and downs and like like somersaults with Mm. this thing and and i intrinsically innately I know at my core what that is. And I've experienced those moments of Samadhi, those experiences of rapture Mm -hmm. in ceremony and outside of ceremony. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what, what I, I want to, I want to get into that with you and like what that really means. But one thing that came up to me that came to me that I thought was really interesting insight to me, this is my opinion from a neuro. if, If I were to like put a scientific lens on like, okay, what's happening in the body To kind of confirm a surrendered state Mm
2: -hmm.
0: i
1: would say like neuroscientifically it would have to be like neuroplasticity
2: yeah yeah
1: like when the brain is so plastic and free Mm -hmm. and it's it's not it's tracking novel experiences and it's able to learn on the fly but not being constrained or controlled that made sense to me i was like okay i get okay got it i get that Mm -hmm. so to what you just said in order for me to be that I have to be an in integrated. I have to be in integrity with who I'm being to even get to a state of surrender. Mm-hmm.
2: What,
1: what mm-hmm. do you think?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think I think that, that analogy of the sort of neuroplasticity softening of the, of the brain waves, maybe of the energy in the body of the nervous system, I think is key because if we're tightened, right? We're gonna be so locked in that there's no openness. And I think part of surrender requires a flexibility mm. and uh, an openness. And it doesn't mean you're a wet noodle. You can take a stand for mm. something, but there's a difference between having a stand for something and like a fixed position uh-huh. that is so rigidly rooted in identity. Like, uh-huh. I'm vegan and that's it. and you, you know, Versus, oh, this is what I believe. Versus, I take a stand for this, but but there's still a fluidity inside of that stand that's not a rigid position rooted in egoic identity. Uh. And, 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 and so I think if we can rest in that, there's a, there's a freedom. There's a freedom inside of us. And so, yeah, surrender, you know, surrender feels... Look, surrender, I would say, is what is natural. Surrender is our natural state. It is our innate nature. As As children, we were surrendered. we jumped on the table we laughed man we were just in flow we weren't like what's gonna happen tomorrow and i got to control the situation we were just being looking around just in the moment just in the flow one with what was arising we cried when we felt like it we laughed when we felt like it we were curious we weren't we weren't so rigid in the plasticity of our mind that we already knew what everything was and what everything was going to happen. And I already know who Ronnie is, so I'm not going to be around Ronnie because I already know how, who Ronnie is. And, and and so there's a rigidity of already knowing and seeking to know as a way of egoic control and protection. And so look at a child, that, that's where they're curious. You know, events happen. They don't know what it means, right? Until they're told this means that and this means that and... Black people are this, and Republicans are that, and mm. you know Jewish people are this, and those people are like that, and this is like this, and so, but they don't know who right, right, Pablo right. Escobar walks in walks in a the room. They don't have a rigid position on that. He's just he's just a human that's there. That there's no, and so I think we from a conditioned place. We make up so many meanings about things based on the rigidity of our brain and our nervous system and our and, and our and, and our sort of personalities and personas. And and so part of surrender is the willingness to not know. Part of surrender is the willingness to trust deeper than the mind and the willingness to not project meaning onto things. You can almost say to live in the fullness of meaninglessness to live in the fullness of there's no meaning so that you can allow the true essence and the true nature of a thing of a person of an experience to reveal itself to you otherwise what happens is from that rigid place we go into an experience we go into a relationship Mm. and we're already so tight in our brain waves as you mentioned And we're like, we try to then fit that person into the rigidity of our brain. uh This is who they are. This is my soulmate. This is what they're going to be. I'm going to marry this person. Uh, You're going to be this for me. And we're not actually open to the greater revelation of intelligence of what the true, let's say, energetic and karmic unfolding and highest possibility of what is seeking to happen in the interaction, let's say, in a relationship with a person or in a certain situation because we're already fitting it. it, We're we're putting limitations on it, fitting it into our limited idea. Mm. So surrender Mm. is a willingness to say, I don't freaking know what this is in this Mm. moment, Mm. but I don't know what this relationship meaning is. I sense something, but I'm willing to not know and I'm willing to allow it to be revealed to me. I'm Mm. willing to allow life to, to show me, allow life in its innate intelligence to reveal itself to show me so that it can unfold and now i don't have to limit life and project onto it then life then we start living you could say unlimitedly rather than like creating our future from the limitation yeah. of our past and i yeah. think that's like to freefall that's to live open that that's you know People talk about the power of now, the power of now. Just being the now. That's the power of now where you're not projecting the past into the moment so you can allow the moment to reveal its highest intention to you. And I think that is part of surrender. So in a nutshell, yeah, it is a letting go of control. It is a uh, taking the limitations off of life. It is a willingness to like not force life to fit your limited ideas so that you can, you can be available. It's an availability, and yeah. when you but but then when you feel the, the 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 intelligence of life showing you this is what it oh I thought it was going to be this like how many times have you me we how many times have we we were sure what something was absolutely 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 I met my woman I met my absolutely. soulmate this is it you couldn't imagine and it what what, what you were so sure about wasn't and then you meet someone and you're like what you're so sure isn't actually is and then it opens up this deep humility of like Uh i think this is part of spirituality you know Uh it's Uh not knowing something it's not it's the willing the degree to which you can not know who you are not know what something is then it opens up the sense like you know you're going spiritually when you realize i don't know shit about shit anymore (laughs) like that is the greatest freedom like I, I don't know. I don't, you know, the Bible talks about in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven being like a, a state of being, a free state, a, a peaceful state, the blissful state. You must be like a child in the sense of being innocent without projection. So then you realize, I don't know anything. And there's a freedom that comes to not have to know and be intelligent. And so the ego mind that, Perceived sense of what we believe ourselves to be based on our conditioned nature uh, seeks to control experiences by trying to understand what everything is and trying to understand what things are and what things aren't. Because we mistakenly think that if I can analyze and understand what everything means, then I can control it and I won't get hurt. Like I was hurt when I was five and I didn't understand it then and it was too painful. So now I'm going to understand everything. And figure everything out so that I can kind of create a strategy for everything and I'm not going to get hurt. And not only is it limiting and rigid, but it it inhibits our capacity to flow and be present. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the ego is that perceived sense of what we believe ourselves to be. It's the sense of identification. So when we're not surrendered and we're really, you know, in our egoic identification, that's the rigidity and it's holding on to, this is who I am. This is what I believe. This is what is. This is the way the world is. This is the way things, This is and that creates duality and split and division and divisiveness. And, and the ego is not even a real thing. It's just a process of identification. And the degree to which we have been conditioned to believe that's what we are in rigidity is the degree to which we're free. We don't have free will. We just end up living life and reacting to life and relationships from the conditioning of our past, repeating it into the future. And so, uh, you know, ego doesn't want to change, man. Ego doesn't want, it wants everyone else to change, but it doesn't want to change. Right. And, and, and its job, ego's <laughs> job is to <clears throat> reinforce its existence. Yes. And its job is to try to protect us from getting hurt again, which is, you know, an impossible task. And that's where the limitation is. And so surrender is is that relaxation, is the openness. And yes, I think uh, a relaxation in the brain, a relaxation in the body, relaxation in the nervous system, a relaxation of the, the holding on to our conditioned sense of self. And so surrender for the ego, which is why it can feel so hard to change. It's done. a feeling like it feels hard to change because yeah. surrender for our ego, our perceived sense of self, feels like a death. It feels like who I am is dying but it's not really that we're dying it's just that what we've identified ourselves as is dying you know and and that's that's why uh it can feel scary but it's it's our nature and I think when we understand that in fact it's our nature is what we are then and it's and I believe it's it's actually easy like if you hold on if I'm holding on to a pen right now if I were to Let it go. Like, how easy is that? You know, but we've just been conditioned to hold on. And so I think if we can just realize, oh, what's dying isn't me, you know? So who am I? And it's just beliefs and ideas and holding on identification.
1: And it feels hard because we've been conditioned So our brain's neurocircuitry have been circuited because they've been conditioned and hardwired. So that's why it feels hard and difficult to do because we have a maladapted threat detection, Mm self-preservation mechanism called like the the faulty ego. And I don't want to insult the ego as as a totality, but the faulty... Threat detecting, everything is a threat. I'm always in a sympathetic overload. I can never relax. I always have to preserve and protect everything except anything to do with anyone else. But I have to protect myself. Yeah, the control, that control mechanism. Um, I, th- I just, it's just such a trip, Kuk, cause like everything that you're talking about within the self-reflected house of mirrors mm-hmm. of life, this holographic reality that that we live in. Mm-hmm. It's all in a total mirror for everything that I'm, I am going through and mm-hmm. deconstructing and reconstructing or being reconstructed. I should say that more, mm-hmm. more appropriate, yep. more accurate. Yeah. I've gone through some gnarly inner, inner, um, you know, disillusions. I've mm-hmm. been through all of this. And, and one of the things that you said, you know, about like, you, you know, you're growing spiritually when you come to a place where you recognize that you don't know anything about anything and i thought it was interesting for me because i'm recognizing that even when i give lectures or i i, I talk about certain things that i have knowledge about i recognize there's more of a fluidity
2: like, yes, it's, yes. More like
1: it's more like i'm tracking mm. out loud versus i'm like saying it empirically like oh, this is a matter of fact. It's more like, no, I'm just tracking what I see in the constellation Mm -hmm. of ideas. But it's not like held on to as tight like when I was a raw vegan or Mm. things that I knew for sure, without a doubt. And then eventually Mm. 10 years later, I changed my diet because, you know, things change. (laughs) So I thought thought that was interesting. And
2: that's freedom, you know, that's the freedom. The freedom, like we live in a world of infinitely valid but simultaneously contradictory realities totally. inherent in the nature of life. Infinitely valid but simultaneously contradictory realities, like what may be right in one reality is not right in another reality. What may be right in in in, in Ghana not going to be right in in Switzerland, and, and and so what might be moral in in Papua New in 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 Sweden not going to be moral uh, in Papua New Guinea. And and so we live in a world ifly valid, but simultaneous contradictory realities inherent in the nature of life. But when we're locked in, in the egoic rigidity, we're not able to flow. We're not able to sort of fluidly, flexibly, you know, navigate the different realities. We're just stuck in one reality and one way of being, which is not free. And then it limits our ability to like be in the now, be in the moment, be present, be surrendered, because we're clinging to some outdated reality from five years ago or from someone else that doesn't allow us to be who we are and in this moment. And I think, you know, one other thing, talk about spirituality, talk about freedom, is for me, as I have, as I go deeper into my spiritual path and my practice, it's like the deeper I go, the less choice I feel I have.
1: Ah, ooh, this is good.
2: Yeah. The deeper I go, the less choice I feel I have. The freer I am. Wow. You know, whereas before, like, more in the egoic level, like, yay, I I do whatever I want, whenever I want, whoever I want, I'm fuck whoever I want. I'm just free to be like whatever I want to be, whenever right. I want to be. That right. that that actually, the more choice it, I think I have. The more limited I actually Ooh, am, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and so, so because as I, as, as I've really gone deeper into my own source and, and nature of like who am I really, then you know that feeling of like my will and thy will, yes, just becomes one, you know, <laughs> and and there's things that I used to do, mm. just can't do anymore. It's no longer a vibrational match. It's no longer aligned. It's no longer the phase of my life. It's no longer in integrity. And I could do it, but it's not truly in alignment yeah. and truly freeing. And doesn't actually, in the long run, bring me more energy because it doesn't have integrity. Mm-hmm. You know? And so sometimes uh the choices shrink where you're like, this this right here is really the highest evolutionary path that is seeking to unfold right now yeah and this is it like when i wrote the book the magic of surrender bro it wasn't the book i wanted to write i wanted to write a different book you know i studied all the best-selling books the magical you know was it the magical art of tidying up bestseller the subtle lot of not giving a fuck. all these books with the crazy titles i'm like I'm going to write a best selling book, come up with a crazy title, a nice gimmick of a hook, you know, and my publishers would love it. What book would my audience want? I had an entire strategy of a whiteboard of books I, I thought would be like the next level, yeah. sell 50 million copies. And they're great ideas, but none of them, if I was honest, felt authentic. They just felt like gimmicks. None of them felt true. Mm. And the only word that stood out for me, if I was honest, was the word surrender. And I thought, shit, man, that's <laughs> that's, that's the book that's calling me. Like, shit, but really? And so I had to surrender. Like, who, like who's going to buy that? Like, who's going who to. to we know we should, but we, we run away from it most of our lives. But I thought, yeah, it was undeniable. That's the book that is seeking to be written. That's the topic. That is it. So I had to just let go and surrender to the book that was seeking to be written. And then I realized that's the flow, you know, like, I, like it felt like I as an individual separate self, Mm. I don't have a choice anymore. I could have resisted it. And I'm going to write a book about manifestation and purpose. Maybe it would have done okay, but it certainly wouldn't have felt in flow and and talk about that stress on the body. I would have felt that because I'd be speaking to Ronnie going, I'm kind of bullshitting myself about what's true and I would know it and you would feel it, you know, and it be like, mm, rather than this is it right here. And so then it felt like I didn't have a choice anymore. And I think in that sense of like choiceless choice yeah. is the, is the infinite freedom. And that surrender is when we transcend yeah. ourselves, mm-hmm. we transcend our limited egos, we transcend personal power and we, we, we move into a, we tap into another dimension of possibility and life and flow. And I have found in my real lived experience that that's when life in its innate intelligence begins to flow through us. That's when God begins to manifest through us. That's when the universe begins to use us and function through us and unfold through us in ways that we cannot imagine. And we recognize that we're no longer the doer, and life is doing all of it, and everything gets done, even though we're doing nothing. And we begin to witness. We might still be taking action, right? But it doesn't feel like I'm do. I have a separate sense of self. I'm doing anymore. Life is doing, and we're being used to do. And that's that's what I found is the greatest freedom. And I think that's that's the path we're on. You know.
1: So beautifully said. Wow. Um... Yeah, yes. I'm just gonna say yes to that. <laughs> I think I have I have one one last question to oh. integrate all this. In the last couple of years, what what has been the one experience that you've had or maybe the lesson that came out of it that's that's in, impacted you personally the most?
2: Mm. Yeah, I think it's the it's the, the humbling of realizing I don't know anything, you know. When COVID hit, bro, I forget, I, mean, I think we spoke in the middle of somewhere in there, but yeah. when COVID hit, you know, you know, I was like, this is bullshit, you know. Uh, I was traveling nonstop for work and, and loving people, serving people, and, you know, everything stopped for everyone. And I was like, "Why?" You know, and 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 I was a bit frustrated with the whole experience, to be honest. And and um, I ended up moving. I was in LA. I I I, gave, I left my house apartment in LA. I left after twenty some years, right? So it was a big deal. I left my house in LA, apartment in LA, left left my office in LA. Uh, had a house in Phoenix, so I was in Phoenix for a while. Which is, a, mm, I, I love Phoenix to go back and forth, but to live was a culture shock. That was a death in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I was in a relationship with a woman in that time. I was sure was the one man. The cosmic signs. Every I was sure wow. was it. It was like I seen her in the stuff. Like this is the something I was so sure was so clearly wasn't, wow. and that really wow forced me to surrender to my own huh, surrender, you know, message of like, you want to understand the nature of the universe and you want to understand the nature of surrender, let me show you the sort of inner nuances of it, you know? And and it was like, just when what you think isn't, just when what you think is, so isn't. And when you're so sure it is, then it so isn't, it's like that humbles you. And 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 so, you know, what happened for me was then I then I moved from Phoenix Phoenix and then I moved to Miami. And then I was sure, like, I'm moving to Miami. That's that's the next, you know, 25 years of my life. After a year of being in Miami, <laughs> universe, like, we're moving back to L.A. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, I'm, But but the flow was there. Like, not what I imagined, but that's what the flow was. And, you know, long story short, um, the lesson of, like, realizing I don't know anything because also on, even on a personal level, the entire process, brother, just led me to – to meet my wife oh, and, wow. and, you know, someone who was completely took me by surprise. I didn't expect, I didn't, didn't fit my ego identities, initial sort of like paradigm yet was everything I could have imagined. And huh. to be honest, more, more and total yin yang complementary alignment for my soul that I could not have, I, like, I could not have planned it and just a short example is i was in miami and i i was i was living in miami but i was in egypt and i heard a voice that said go to brazil no idea why no talk about making it human like does this shit really work heard a voice go to brazil i surrendered to it no idea why ended up in brazil long story short met her in the most random <coughs> way that i didn't think was possible and here, here she is you know and and so it just showed me, like, the cosmic joke wow. that that God or whatever we want to call it—God, intelligence, the goddess—you know—is the cosmic joker that is laughing and, and 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 sort of the divine comedy of existence. Like, what do you know? And, and I thought, what a cosmic joke when you think what is, isn't, and what isn't actually. Right. Right, And that was uh, really profoundly humbling. And so through that, to experience the profound uh, blessing of being loved, you know, beyond what I could have even imagined for myself, oh. you know, everything I've given people over the years in my work is like, mm. it's like, talk about karmic return coming back to me and it, 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 after everything seemed to be like unraveling has been sort of the divine teaching of like well here you are you know keep surrendering keep surrendering keep surrendering and so it's been beautiful you know and, and it's crazy i was looking at my wife the other day uh just she was over there in a room i was doing an event and and i thought wow I actually blessed COVID, man. I'm like, I couldn't believe like, like whatever we want to call it, you know, yeah, pandemic, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. that, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, wow, if that experience didn't happen, as 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 whatever it is that it is, but if that experience didn't happen, I would not have moved to Phoenix full-time. And I would not have had the space in my schedule. And I would not have moved to Miami. Had I not moved to Miami, I wouldn't have I was so close to Brazil, so I wouldn't have gone to Brazil. I wouldn't have met her. And so now all these things, in retrospect, I started to understand. Like, mm-hmm. oh, and so often when we're in an experience, shit's falling apart. Yeah. We're in the dark night of the soul. Yeah. Breakup. We're being crushed by the divine sledgehammer <laughs> of life, you know. And on top of that, we're being run over by the divine Mack truck. Simultaneously, we feel like nothing makes sense. From the lens of the ego's perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because from the ego's perspective, it doesn't make sense. And we're not able to see the 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 possibility, the infinite possibilities of what are happening. And often it's only looking back now that we're like, oh. Oh that's that that's why that divine crushing needed to happen, mm-hmm. so that more expansion could be there, so that I could be fully available. And so if anyone is right. going through a a dark moment or a challenging moment, you know, it may not make sense in the moment and you've heard it, and but it may not make sense in the moment, but trust that the universe in its intelligence is unfolding itself and let go. And if you let go, you create space, you create space. That's when more of grace can flow into your life. And I've seen it in my life and I really believe it's possible for everyone.
1: Wow. Well, wow, well, congratulations. I'm so happy to hear that for you. Thank you, man. Oh, wow, that, well, that was a great bow and tie on this entire yeah. conversation. That This was by far the best conversation we've ever done, and everyone has been the best up to that moment.
2: Nice, brother. It, it
1: feels like a, a deeply humbling and grounding and, and anchoring, and I'm in a completely different state of being with my life, my mission, my purpose, just my entire being as a man. Um, almost 40 revolutions around the sun in two and a half years. So it feels nah. like life is just about to get started. The training wheels are about to come off. And that's a lot to say, because I've lived a full life on top of nice. many lives, And I know you understand that. And uh, this conversation feels like a bit of a springboard in the moment in time that I'm in. Mm. and it's, it's a moment in time that I know so many people are in right now going through their own crucibles, learning what it is to bear their own cross, mm. you know the responsibility of their soul's mission and duty and all the deconstructing and all the unraveling that's had to happen the last couple of years into this now moment. So I, for me, this is, this is absolutely a blessing and I believe for everyone listening up to this point, you are an absolute blessing to, to all of us into this world. So with that said, Um, where can everybody find more about you, your books, any, your work, your courses, all of it? Yeah.
2: A few simple ways. Um, Well, first, I just want to say something, bro. Like I really appreciate the invitation and the space that you hold in the interviews just, uh, you know, to go deep. And in the interviews, there's the energetic sort of invitation of like, Hey, infinity, let's go. So I love it. And I feel the depth of your, your being and your spirit. And, um, I didn't know we were going to have the interview until I just, I'd look at my schedule and so I'm like, wow. And then you told me it's the fifth time. So I really just appreciate always your warm welcome and your heart and, uh, feel nothing but love from you. And to me, that's real spirituality, you know, where there's no separation. It's just like nothing but love from a fellow brother. So I appreciate that uh, very much, very much, bro. Um, yeah, a few ways. Number one, uh, my book, The Magic of Surrender. People can find out. Uh Go to Amazon, check it out. It's a simple roadmap to living, surrender in life. Uh, my main website, kuteblackson.com, k-u-t-e-blackson.com. Uh, twice a year, I do an event to Bali. This is the last year I'm doing my Bali events. Okay. Uh, I've, done, I've done 20 of these events in the last 10 years. And so Uh, this will be number 21 in July. And so July the 28th through August the 8th will be the 21st. So if someone feels inspired from the conversation and they want to like dive deep and clear their conditioning, connect to their deeper truth and live their gifts, they can go to www.boundlessblissbali.com. That's boundlessblissbarley.com and find out more. Um, And Instagram, Coot Blackson, Facebook, Coot Love Now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Well, brother, thank you so much for everything and for this call and uh, everyone listening. Thank you for making it this way, this far into our conversation. And we will see you in the next episode. Much love.